0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, it is my privilege to welcome a very, very accomplished individual from Vive, Switzerland, Royston Flood. Royston, welcome to the show.
1: Good to sweet you.
0: Uh, Royston is the president of CSPOC, a United Nations accredited NGO. In his own words, he's an eclectic polymath, a scientist, engineer, technologist, business manager, psychologist and management specialist. He's a member of the American Psychological Association, a fellow of the Royal Society of Medicine. He's managed large NNCs. He has expertise in supply chains and he's a thought leader and futurologist. So uh, Royston, tell me what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career?
1: I think it's probably interesting to explain a back cloth to my life, uh, which could be summarized as unexpected.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, My father ran away from home when he was about 14. Okay. He joined the Royal Engineers in Ireland for Uh arrest in 1914 and spent four years in the army, often being front of the lines. Okay. As well as another year in the army of occupation in Germany. Mm -hmm. He saw things which he said nobody should ever see and uh, became a lifelong pacifist after that. Wow! when he came out of the army, he was only three that survived out of a company of 120 Incredible! and he had terminal duodenal ulcers and chlorine gas poisoning. He met my mother who was probably the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. She came from a, a family of eight children and my grandfather adopted another girl who was the, da- the granddaughter of Sir Robert Hawking, who founded the Hong Kong Shanghai Bank. Wow. So the fact that I was, I'm here at all is unexpected. Mm-hmm. My father went on to found the British Institute of Radiology, uh, funding his own research. So his friends were Bragg and Thompson and Kay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was obviously an un- unexpected and an extraordinary. My mother, who was working with in a as an accountant in the Navy, Army, and Air Force Institute called the NAFI, Mm -hmm. uh, was quite fit and she was 44 years old and didn't realize she was seven months pregnant. Amazing. Uh, My father was about 54. Uh, This was very unusual in these times because this is in 1948. Mm -hmm. So I was delivered by the Queen's gynecologist, a Mr. Pinker in London as it was such an extraordinary experience. So Mm -hmm. the first prelude is is it's quite unusual and extraordinary and unexpected that I'm here at all talking to you. Wow. (laughs) This was compounded when my aunt dropped me on my head when I was about 18 months old and I died clinically. Wow. Which is also an unusual experience. Mm -hmm. And then as a child, about eight years old, I used to walk to school when my parents gave me the bus fare And I used to do that because there was a very exciting sweetie shop on the way back (laughs) and I could use the bus fare money to buy sweets. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I was hit by a car at 30 miles, 30 miles an hour, about 50 kilometers. Wow. uh, And, uh, but unusually got up without a scratch. Okay. But I couldn't tell my parents because that would mean that I'd have to admit to pocketing the bus fare money. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: The, the next is really, I, I'm a dyslexic, oh. so I could barely read when I was a child mm-hmm. and uh, I was called stupid.
0: Mm-hmm. When
1: lat- latterly I discovered I had an IQ above 155. Wow. And you can imagine that for an, uh, an intelligent child who cannot sort of manage the conventional things, it's an extremely difficult experience. And I think that's where I, I learned courage. And determination and tenacity and it also being dyslexic means you can see things from many different directions at the same time which allows you to explore
0: complexity
1: that nobody else can see
0: amazing what what an
1: incredible journey Hmm. so I would say unexpected events Mm -hmm. dyslexia and dying which are unusual and then that allowed me, the dyslexia gave me a huge gift and I think dyslexia is a gift mm-hmm. to explore complexity and I think my natural curiosity has gone through the whole of my life. Mm-hmm. But the other aspect which is really important is evolving spiritual consciousness because you can imagine with some of those experiences there have been what you might call dark nights of the soul
0: mm-hmm.
1: where you have to try and, where you, for me I've looked at something beyond my current reality And that's helped me to understand inspirational leadership, how to create resonance, how to help and facilitate people be the best they can. And that really has been a a milestone through the whole of my life.
0: Incredible. I mean, I've heard some amazing stories, but I think your story is probably on top right now. I mean, I've never heard someone who's had such an incredible set of experiences so early on in life. Fabulous. We still go on. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure, no, Our journey continues. So tell me, you know, uh, for our audience, what is a polymath? Well, I, I think I would say it's a multifaceted thinker. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, you, you, can it be trained or are you born with it? I think you're, you're born with uh, intelligence, mm-hmm. and this is a natural curiosity, which unfortunately we tend to train out of children. And I think that natural curiosity is just extraordinary Mm -hmm. and it's so valuable. And uh, I think children come connected to the source anyway. So, and then we, for somehow we mechanize our education process and we lose a lot. I think obviously that curiosity tends to lead you down multiple professions. And I've done a few, as they say, Mm -hmm. Um, that gives you again, multiple perspectives on life. Right. And a bit like the scientific method which says it's the balance between theory and practice. I think uh, uh, polymaths are people that can balance theory and practice.
0: So would you say polymaths are born or are they trained? Both. Both. Okay. I think polymaths come with a natural curiosity
1: and if they have also reasonable intellect, Mm-hmm. It, it has uh, uh, a greater penetration, mm-hmm. but curiosity, like all things, uh, has to have some training to be tuned.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So let's talk about, you know, uh, the, 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 the positive life-changing movements that you are involved in. Uh, you've facilitated many such uh, life-changing movements for 25 years. Tell me more about what you have done. Well, I, th- I think the, f- the first thing is that,
1: um, I think life changing movements is about the evolution of the body, heart, mind and soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, we can change the physical body and obviously we you know the latest practices in medicine. We can change the heart and I do believe in unselfish love. Mm-hmm. We can change the mind and that's often about looking at the different mindsets that we struggle with. And I think the soul is our, our journey of evolution, uh, depending upon your perspective, maybe across many lifetimes. Yeah? Okay. Uh, I think for me, I've had the good fortune of having many mentors and life-changing experiences, mm-hmm. you know? um, probably too numerous to mention. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could say, are they accidental or are they designed? Uh, the nature is you have the good fortune of having people to mentor you which gives you the opportunity to mentor others. Mm. And as a Rotarian, I believe in service above self. Mm -hmm. So I've always tried to um, never turn people away, never run away from difficult experiences. Mm. Uh, And that I would say is, you know, I've I've had my fair share of failures in life, Mm. as I think most people have. Um, But uh, it's important to be able to talk about them and you say, well, what can you learn from a failure? Well, you can basically, first thing is to look at yourself to see why you failed. Mm-hmm. Secondly is to try and develop resilience and hopefully avoid falling down the potholes the next time. Yeah? Right. And I think it, in, in a way, it's like the Chinese definition of crisis. Yeah? If you look at the Chinese symbols, they represent danger and opportunity. Mm-hmm. So my... Twenty-five years has been about exploring danger and opportunity. Amazing,
0: you know. And you spoke about failure. Uh, I have a new book coming out on failure in in March, Uh, and that's uh, based on the hypothesis that parents in South Asia don't teach children it's okay to fail, and and therefore it manifests itself in our behavior patterns because everyone's been told you've got to come first.
1: I, th- I think we see this in South Asia. We see it in China. Yeah, you know, where To get into university in China, you have to get 99%. Um, so you've got the children nailing their hair to the ceiling in order to correct, allow them to concentrate. Correct, correct. And you have to ask the question, are we creating whole
0: human beings or are we creating people that can pass examinations? Yeah. Absolutely. That's a question that's often asked. But let me come back to um, you. Know, you. Um, so tell me, you know, you have trained as a, you know, as a psychologist and you are a member of the American Psychological Association. Why is it that in most parts of the developing world, a psychological condition is still spoken about in such hushed tones?
1: I think mainly it's because we don't really understand the complexities of the human mind. Yeah? Mm. My personal perspective is we have three aspects of ourselves, we have a, a spirit, a soul, And an an embodiment. Mm -hmm. The spirit, if you like, is the eternal spark. The soul is the the diary of everything that's happened to us since the beginning Mm -hmm. of time. And the present is our process of dealing with that, our life experiences. Mm -hmm. So, if you imagine that as a perspective, for all sorts of reasons, people get to places where they get stuck. You know, and our society, Western society, has been, you know, don't cry, particularly for Mm -hmm. the boys. Don't show your feelings. Uh, Be strong, irrespective of what's going on. Correct. And what happens is, all all for the men, particularly, they tend to submerge the trauma into the subconscious, Mm. build an amnesic wall around it, until they can't hold it down anymore, and then it comes out, usually as an event in the conscious mind, which often leads to violence. Um, Okay. The other survival mechanisms is to create fantasy worlds. So, and that tends to be more the feminine dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fantasy worlds, you can lead, end up with parallel personalities or serial personalities. Mm. Uh, and in the case of Gloria, as a girl who was massively abused, she had 26 serial personalities. Amazing. And you can only heal in the root personality. And that type of aspect, to usually look at um, self-harm events. Mm-hmm. So when things get out completely out of control, you look at violence and self-harm. So I think mental health is critical for many of the world's dimensions I agree and with that him. extends to parenting, education, health. We need to create
0: society based upon care and love and kindness. Mm. Very interesting. And based on a lot of the research that you are doing, what are some of the challenges you're seeing with Millennials, I mean, they're the people who, who are inheriting the earth, Millennials and the Gen Z's.
1: Well, I, I think the, my fear is that this dependency on social media, mm-hmm. where you know, people look at video games, where they see horrific uh, reproductions of uh, mm-hmm. battles and so on. correct. And you know, I'm sure that must create a, a lower boundary where people are prepared to accept more people uh, are living in this fantasy video game world where even uh, battles are actually run on videos yeah? mm-hmm. with drones and so on. And wh- where, where are the boundaries of morality and all that? Mm-hmm. And that's, this is what really worries me. Mm-hmm. And, and we've, we've got this tendency to do quick fixes, quick fix mm-hmm. lives. I think generation Z is a little bit more interesting because they seem to exhibit exhibiting conscience, mm-hmm. uh, whereas they do, Tend to make very quick decisions. I've noticed that they do review those decisions, and there may be two or three iterations, and then you're at ninety percent. You know. Okay. Very interesting. So I think there's there's positivity and negativity. Mm. My biggest fear is that this paralysis, you know, this uh, learned helplessness from being fear Mm -hmm. leads to displacement activities, which allow people to escape from the real world. And we, I believe, that learned optimism through hope. And love, for example, is, is the answer, but where do we, how do we instill that in our society? Hmm. Fascinating.
0: So let's move on. You know, When I was reading about you, uh, I was just, you know, one of the comments that I saw was that you bring a multi-intelligence approach to complex and wicked problems. Help me understand this with an example. Okay. Well, when you're looking at uh, wicked problems, um, it's usually
1: very much dependent upon the intangibles. The intangibles represent 80% of the outcomes. Mm -hmm. It's often not the physical and mental dimensions, which are command and control. And of course, as we move into this more complex world, Mm -hmm. you can't run the world based upon rules that have been developed historically. You have to create an evolving Mm -hmm. uh, consciousness, which is around participation and trust. So, and that's all that's celebrating emotional and spiritual intelligence. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are looking at wicked problems, you find that there's triggering events somewhere which have been disguised and, mm-hmm. and pasted over. If you can understand what is the root cause of the wicked problem, then you can probably have a much better chance of solving it. And you, you can use Bayesian mathematics rather than uh, meta-analysis where you look at a, a knowledge framework, a belief framework. There's lots of things that you can do to get clarity. I personally believe that as we don't have all the answers I believe in looking at zero point groups where you wouldn't expect a change okay and then if you can demonstrate a change in a group that, that has no chance of change mm-hmm. then maybe you have something
0: interesting and my next question to you would be that you know you combine commercial academic and philanthropic insights to bring illumination to change big words Help me understand for all of thousands of our listeners and viewers.
1: Well, I, I mean, I I, I could answer answer with an example, perhaps is best. Yeah, absolutely, that would be wonderful. As your own background would show, that you, nutrition is one of the critical vectors mm-hmm. in society. The, the, the old phrase, "You are what you eat." Yeah. Correct. Uh, so, some years ago, I was working as a I gave evidence to the Royal Society on pandemics. Mm -hmm. And with COVID, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There are lots of other nasties waiting in the background. Mm -hmm. You know, the birth virus, H5N1, and so on, which could have much higher mortality rates. Mm -hmm. And that got me thinking, well, what happens when there isn't, you can't actually get any food. Mm -hmm. So we started to develop a thing called a life meal with Camberley, who built the uh, biscuit for the Swiss army. But This was designed as total nutrition. You can live in, on it for 120 days with water, but nothing else. Okay. So we developed it, proved it was total nutrition as a shelf life of uh, at least four years. And uh, with the Swiss Army, it was uh, radiation-proof packaging with and waterproof packaging. Okay. But then we, we said, well, look, no, the problem is no. after the Tamo- Tamiflu debacle, Nobody's no government's going to invest in anything like this. Mm-hmm. So let's create a, a buy to give model. So we as this is a you no know, total nutrition source, we discover that if you give it to children first middle of the day, it lifts academic performance by a hundred percent. Okay. If you give it to the elderly who don't tend to eat properly, it can dramatically reduce dementia and Alzheimer's. And people on the move, you probably know yourself that when you're on the move you tend to eat rubbish. So if you if you give it to people on the move, their attention spans retained so we looked at a buy to give model which is the commercial hat mm. which is saying if people buy at retail so because it's actually a good thing anyway and then in the price of that retail product we actually donate a product focused on mothers and children mm. and put 300 of these packets in a box with a water filter and we can track the box anywhere in the world and an education tablet you have a real possibility of bringing about change mm. Okay. And then, and then you can use advanced CMS systems where you create a a club of which is a a club of relationships with people who want to be together, Mm -hmm. a a club where there's a learning experience about nutrition and a club which is a community. And then you start something which has
0: a great uh, ability to change lives. Amazing. Fantastic. So let's move to the last segment of our conversation, which is some questions for you personally. Rashtan, you know such an amazing early childhood, such an amazing IQ, such amazing success. What does success mean to you?
1: I think it's lots and lots of different things. Um I think it's about um having a secure base. Mm-hmm. From what from what I've seen in life is irrespective of, of what you have, if you can find a secure base, even if it's only a perceived secure base, you have a way of actually being, having calmness in your soul. Mm-hmm. I think it's then looking at opportunities for growth. And whether you're at the top or the bottom, there's still opportunities to grow for growth. Okay. If you can define those, then life just becomes a staircase. Mm-hmm. You just climb the next step. Mm-hmm. And then... I think you have to have an achievement model where you're motivated by achievements and I think that's at an inner journey level and an outer journey level. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, uh, spiritual discovery was very important and fulfillment. I think there are many faith traditions and I think you, it's like climbing a mountain. There's many pathways to the top but as you get higher,
0: you can just see more. You You mentioned spiritual discovery earlier as well. Tell me a little bit about what kind of discovery are you talking about for yourself? I
1: I have this sense of a universal spirit. Mm -hmm. I mean, I ask myself the question that, as 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 a physicist, I look at the universe, and it's you know we're we're looking at vast numbers of stars and galaxies, and Mm -hmm. therefore we cannot be the only life form, just from a mathematical certainty point Mm -hmm. of view. And therefore, I tend to ask the question, what universal laws Mm. would apply anywhere in the universe? Correct. And uh, that leads you on an interesting voyage of discovery. I think we have to recognize that religion is often something about dogma. Mm -hmm. And for me, the only journey is actually inside you, which allows you to connect to all these sources. By all means, be informed. Uh, Some years ago, I was invited to the World Spiritual Forum in Mm -hmm. Kazakhstan with all the Heads of religions, and I found that in truly spiritual people, there's a almost like a childlike quality, mm-hmm. and simple truths like uh, um, you know the the golden rule of treat other people as you would treat mm-hmm. yourself, recognizing that this universal force is in everything. Okay, it's not just in sentient life; it's in everything. Therefore, thought has power. So if you Consider what your thoughts are. You also are part contributing to a hopefully a better, better realization of that universal consciousness. Wonderful,
0: wonderful. You're all, What you're saying almost seems like what people in, in the, the Hindus believe, which is God is actually inside you. And Absolutely, spot on. I, I am God, and the universe is Brahman. So the all powerful. So. Well, in fact, physics also uh, complements that in the sense
1: mm. we now look at um, the smallest energy unit as being a Planck scale unit, uh, which is, if you imagine its size, if it was the size of a grain of sand, then uh, a proton would be between here and Alpha Centuri, to mm. so say very small. Yeah? Very interesting. What's interesting was we're beginning to discover that it has a wormhole in it. Mm. So everyone is connected to every other one in the universe. So, even at the smallest level of reality, everything is connected. Fantastic. So, I think the Vedic scholars were
0: probably spot on. Correct. <laughs> okay. So, rest of my last question to you, you know, and uh, as I look at the amount of things that you have done, that you are continuing to do, and the diversity, my question is, what or who inspires you? I think I would say
1: that I'm inspired by nature. Mm-hmm. the extraordinary beauty complexity the the chaos the, the harmony is quite extraordinary okay i'm expi- inspired by people mm-hmm. and i don't necessarily mean the people at the top of the strata you know you you, you find the smile on the, face, the person's face at the bottom of society just mm-hmm. as much at the top okay. and in fact if anyways at the bottom it's a simpler smile uh, i find the intellectual journey of trying to understand things, you know, I think about abundance and joy and understanding and wisdom Mm. as being a pathway. And, and finally, I I guess it's about humility. It's recognizing that we are very small, but also very big in the context of the universe.
0: Amazing. Roshan, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for sharing your incredible knowledge and your incredible wisdom. And I wish you lots of success. And that's very kind of you to say
1: that. And uh, I think what you're doing is quite extraordinary. Thank you again. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You, videocast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world.